Good morning. It's great to be with you this morning. Uh, I was hoping this morning that I actually could come here and actually say, this is the last Sunday in the gym. <laughs> Not the case. <laughs> we are uh, finishing up some stuff, but uh, it is getting very close, and uh, we appreciate your patience. Um, this will be... Uh, one of the last Sundays in the gym, but not the, not the last Sunday. Um, but uh, really appreciate it. Like I said, having you all here this morning, many of you have been gone last week at Coronas. Hope you had a wonderful week. Uh, I hope the Lord blessed you there while you were there and, and uh, heard the, the power went out uh, during the week, uh, partly through with no air conditioning and uh, on a very, very, very hot week uh, last week. So um, great to have you back in here. Thankful our power's on and we're all good here. But um, if you're here this morning and this is your first time in the last couple weeks, you've been traveling or whatever it may be, we've been doing a quick, short, three-part series on Proverbs. Uh, Tony opened up the series, uh, went through kind of a background on Proverbs, uh, kind of an overview, introductory session on what we're doing in Proverbs and what Proverbs is. Uh, last week, uh, Gabe shared on money. And uh, actually gave us uh, 13 takeaways as it relates to money. And if you have not had a chance to listen to that, it is online. You can go on there and listen. And uh, I'd encourage you to do so because uh, there's a lot packed in in those last two messages. So uh, check those out if you can. But today um, is our last week we're going to spend on this Proverbs section. And they asked me to speak about the family. And out of Proverbs, and there is, let me just say, there is a lot packed in to Proverbs, and if we actually took it uh, and went through all of the verses that covered the family, we could be here for weeks, and uh, I know you guys are looking at the time and going, okay, great, we'll, we'll condense it down and we'll do our best to try to keep it as concise as possible, but I want to start out by saying this. Um, you can even see it on the back wall. You don't need to turn around, but it's there. It's our mission statement at Bethany Bible Chapel. It's something that we put into play a while back, and that is building strong families and strong lives in Christ. That is what our mission here at Bethany is. We have many missions, right? But that is one of our main missions is we want to build up strong families. So one of the ways we can do that, right, is to talk about it. Talk about the family. We don't talk about the family. How can we build up strong families in Christ? And so we want to do that this morning and touch on that. And we've had quite a bit of requests to talk about the family. So we're actually going to, I'm kind of having this introductory session here today. And then in September, we're going to have two more uh, sessions. Caleb Weikert and Bob Smith Jr. are going to talk about the family. We're going to have one right before the conference and then one right after the conference. So, I just mentioned the conference. I'm going to make a plug for the conference. Next week, registration is going to open for the conference. We're going to need lots of host homes for that. And this is going to be a great opportunity for you to come out, hear the word of God. we got some great, great breakout speakers this year. John Heller is coming this year. He's going to be speaking. Our topic and focus is going to be on heaven. It's going to be wonderful. And I encourage you guys to come out for that. Uh, so be looking for that. We're going to probably tap you on the shoulder and say, we want you to sign up come out. It's a great time for the weekend. It's going to be September 15th through the 17th, so mark that on your calendars. But again, next week we'll start that, that up. So as we get started this morning, let's just, uh, let's just open in a word of prayer. Lord, 
just thank you this morning for this time together with my brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. I, I just thank you that for your word. And as we look into your word this morning, Lord, and so it says and look and see what it says about the family, Lord, that we'd be able to hear you speaking to us directly and clearly today. Lord, I ask that the congregation would not hear my words this morning, but your words only, and that uh, and you alone. And I just pray that through this message today, we may have a better understanding, Lord, of, of, of what you desire for families. And Lord, I just pray for that this morning, that you just bless this time together. We pray this in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. A family was driving home from church one Sunday afternoon, and their youngest boy was all the way in the back of the station wagon. And uh, the entire trip home, the boy was extremely quiet, extremely quiet for some reason or another. And his father and mother just kept asking, what's going on? What's going on? What's the matter? And he was just silent. And after about the fifth time of asking what was wrong, the boy finally perked up and he said, well, I was listening to the preacher today and he said he wanted us all to be brought up in a Christian home. And I'm just a little upset because I really want to stay with you guys. <laughs> Hopefully that is not the conversation that you guys will have in the car on the way home today or it hasn't occurred in the way home, but just encourage you in that this morning as we look at the family it's so important I want to start out with something before we truly dive deep into the family turn with me if you would to Proverbs 10 chapter or Proverbs 10 uh, chapter 10 verse 1 one verse here it says a wise son makes a father glad but a foolish son is a grief to his mother you read it again a wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish son is a grief to his mother. Flip over to Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 7. Proverbs 20 and verse 7. It states, A righteous man who walks in his integrity, how blessed are his sons after him. A righteous man who walks in his integrity, how blessed are his sons after him. So why am I starting with these two verses today? Do you realize that the way that you live your life and the choices that you make have consequences in the lives of others, especially your own children? Hopefully you realize that today. So my question to you is, first of all, how are you living your life today? How are you living your life today? As it says here in Proverbs 10.1 that we just read, the way the children spend their life has a significant impact on their parents. What does it say here? It says, a wise son, also means child, makes a father glad. Some versions say happy or brings joy. But what happens when the child is foolish? When the child is foolish, they cause all sorts of sorrow, all sorts of suffering, all sorts of agony, pain to their parents. However, if you look at Proverbs 20, verse 7 that we just talked about, the other verse that we read is the complete opposite of 10.1. Children are directly impacted when we live in righteousness and integrity. Righteousness is one of the chief attributes of God. Meaning it's living a life of ethical conduct. And integrity 
is really a consistency between what's on the inside and what's on the outside. Between belief and behavior, our words, our ways, our attitudes, our actions, our values, and our practice. So let me state this again. When you or I are walking in righteousness and integrity, it has a direct impact on who? Our children. You see, folks, how we live our lives doesn't just affect us. It affects our children. If we're walking in righteousness and integrity, it also does something very powerful. It blesses them. It blesses them. How cool is that? It's amazing. So keep in mind this morning that your actions and your words have an immediate impact on anyone you come into contact with, especially our children. You see, our kids know us better than anyone. They do. They're constantly observing us even when we think they're not. They see us when we're here at church. They see us when we're at home behind closed doors the other six days of the week. Show me some grace here this morning for a moment, but there's a song that's, that's out there. It's been out for a long time. It's a country song, but I want to read you a couple verses from the song. It says, Driving through town, just my boy and me, with a happy meal in his booster seat, knowing that he couldn't have the, the toy till his nuggets were gone, a green traffic light turned straight to red. I hit my brakes and mumbled under my breath. His fries went a-flying and his orange drink covered his lap. Well, then my four-year-old said a four-letter word and I was concerned, so I said, so now where do you learn to talk like that? He said, I've been watching you, Dad. Ain't that cool? I'm your buckaroo. I want to be just like you and eat all my food and grow as tall as you are. We got cowboy boots and camel pants. Yeah, we're just alike, hey, ain't we, Dad? I want to do everything you do, so I've been watching you. We got back home and I went to the barn. I bowed my head and I prayed real hard. Said, Lord, please help me with my stupid self. Then this side of bedtime later that night, turning on my son's Scooby-Doo nightlight, he crawled out of bed, he got down on his knees, he closed his little eyes, he folded his little hands, he spoke to God like he was talking to a friend, and he said, son, now where'd you learn to pray like that? And he said, I've been watching you, Dad. Ain't that cool? I'm your buckaroo. I want to be just like you. I could go on. But you get the point. This is a secular song, and the kids watch their parents just like they watch you. They just watch them just like they watch me, just like they watch you. How you live your life has a direct impact on your children or your future children. The truth is there, folks. Our kids are watching. Our kids are watching. And what you do and what you say has a direct impact on them. Be careful how you live your life. Be careful how you live your life. Be real. Kids can see right through it when you're being fake. They can see right through it. If you're like me, I have a hard time listening. Listening to God is, is on a whole nother level. <laughs> and one of my favorite verses in Scripture is Psalm 46.10, and it says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Many of you know me well, and you know me that being still is something I have a very hard time doing. But one of the places I love doing it is in a boat or in a, in a deer stand or in my basement in my office where it's quiet and I'm reading in his words and 
in order to hear God, sometimes we just need to be still. We need to be silent. We have to listen to what he wants to speak to us through his word. And when we're still, we can start to hear him speak to us and hear him imparting his wisdom. So as we look at the family this morning, I would say a great place for us to start for each of us is to learn how to turn your ears to wisdom. Turn your ears to wisdom. We can't understand what someone's saying if we aren't listening. We can't understand what God is trying to say to us if we're closed off and not listening to him either. Proverbs 1.8 says, Hear my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Pretty good instruction and wisdom, isn't it? Hear my son, your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Proverbs 4.1 Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father and give attention that you may gain understanding. Proverbs 23.22 says, Listen to your father who begot you and do not despise your mother when she is old. Each of these three verses that I just read start out with hear, hear, and listen. Hear, hear, and listen. Solomon's trying to convey wisdom here, but guess what, folks? You gotta tune in. You gotta tune in. We have to pay attention. We have to listen to what's being said if we want to gain this valuable wisdom. He's saying, listen to you parents. Listen to your parents. Don't tune them out. That doesn't just mean when you're a kid. If you're blessed to still have your parents around today, do you truly still listen to them? As I was studying for this message, I came across something very profound to me that I hadn't really thought of before. And you know the saying, if you've ever spoken from the platform, you're usually getting more out of it than what I can give to you and impart to you all this morning. The person that's been studying and learning, and it just... Bam, this hit me hard this week. And said this, turn with me if you would to Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16. Deuteronomy 5, 16. I want to take a look at this commandment, okay? Let's read it together this morning. Deuteronomy 5, 16. It says this, Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you. Period. The end. No. Didn't stop there, did it? Listen, it says, although it very well could have stopped there, it doesn't. It goes on to say that your days will be prolonged and that it will may go well with you on the land which the Lord your God gives you. Think about that statement for a minute. It's saying when you honor your parents, it doesn't just bless them, but it also brings God's blessing to us. You know, this is the only commandment, and this is what hit me, this is the only commandment that has a blessing attached to it. When was the last time you truly honored your parents? The first way that you can honor them is by listening to them. It's extremely beneficial to them when you do that, right? It gives great blessing to them. And guess what? You'll be blessed too. Parents, Are you taking the time to impart your wisdom with your children? Are you taking the time to impart your wisdom with your children? Having the ability to do that is a wonderful, wonderful blessing. You know, we read Proverbs 4.1 earlier. 
But the second part of that verse is very crucial. It says, give attention that you may gain what? You may gain understanding. If you turn to Proverbs 13, 1, Proverbs 13, verse 1, it says this. A wise son accepts his father's discipline, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. If you have an NIV version, uh, the word heeds is there, H-E-E-D-S, instead of accepts. It also uses the word instruction instead of discipline. I like that word heeds. It doesn't mean to obey. It means to give careful attention to. How many times as a parent have you caught yourself saying, oh man, I sound just like my dad. That's a good thing, dad, don't worry. But that's because you've heard their instruction over the years, right? It's something that's been brought into you, right? And as we get older, it's obvious that we're accountable for our own choices. But what they have taught us over the years is extremely crucial. It's very beneficial to each and every one of us. I'm going to share a story with you. Uh, about 25 years ago, I was working down at Mercantile Bank, which is now U.S. Bank, downtown. And I have a friend that works there. He's still there today. And he shared this story with me. He had been, we, had been, we were talking about, this is when we had our kids, really young. We were getting ready to have kids. And, and uh, he had some kids already. And he had been trying to teach them about crossing the street and how to be careful. And he said, David, you're not going to believe this. He goes, I was driving down I-80 down by Des Moines. And he said, we were driving along with the family in the car, and we were driving along I-80, and I'm in the right lane, and I see a deer over in the median going northbound, going to come over into our lane. Well, all of a sudden, at the same time, a truck came billowing by us in the left lane, and the deer jumped right out in front of the truck. And the deer just exploded. Well, deer and red stuff got all over their car, okay? And without missing a beat... <laughs> My buddy Matt, he turns around to his kids and he says, now see kids, that's what happens when you don't look both ways when you cross the street. <laughs> I, I'm not sure that wisdom was the best way to convey the message, but I guarantee it probably stuck with him for quite a while. Stuck with me for 25 years. But my point is here is that Matt had been trying to teach them for a long time about that important rule, right? Be careful. I'm doing this. I'm telling you this. I'm training. I'm trying to teach you. Don't go across the street without being careful, right? And he wanted them to understand so that they could have long lives. Our parents taught us the same, I'm sure, but maybe just didn't explain it in that way. But they, they taught us. Now, there are many people in the room today, I'm sure, that maybe own their own business uh, or managers of their companies. And what if you were just to go hire someone off the street that has no experience in your industry and you just said, okay, get to work? And what would happen to your company? Okay? It would crumble. It would absolutely fall apart. Your business would collapse. Without you imparting your wisdom on your employees and teaching them what you know, they'll be walking around in circles not knowing what to do. But it starts with your knowledge of wisdom, right? What if you were never up to date on the latest technologies or tools or 
uh, things for your business? What if you didn't know about what your competitors were doing? What if you just went to work, went home, and you didn't you just conducted business the way you conduct business? And I mean, we wouldn't want that in our business, right? We want to learn something new that can make the company more money, be more efficient, more effective in our work. The same is true in our Christian walk. If we're not in God's word and applying it when we're reading it to our lives, we cannot gain true wisdom. And without gaining wisdom ourselves, we can't pass the wisdom on to our children. It'd be an absolute train wreck. Just like the business analogy I used earlier, your your entire family will crumble. It's inevitable. Proverbs 11.29 states, He who troubles his own house will inherit wind, and the foolish will be servant to the wise-hearted. Proverbs 11.29, He who troubles his own house will inherit wind, and the foolish will be servant to the wise-hearted. The wind that's being spoken of here in Proverbs 11.29, this isn't just a nice, cool summer breeze, folks. That's not what it's talking about here. No, this wind that's being talked about here is like a tornado, okay? It's an extremely powerful wind. Many of you experienced the EF5 tornado that happened in 2008 in Parkersburg. It caused severe damage and destruction. You know firsthand what kind of destructive behavior that can do. Parents, I encourage you this morning, get into God's word and start here in Proverbs if needed. Gain wisdom. You see, Proverbs eleven twenty nine 29 states, he who troubles his own house. If you're not walking with God, you are bringing trouble to your house. Did you hear me? You're bringing trouble to your house if you're not gaining wisdom. It will cause destruction. Maybe not today, but it will in the future. It'll cause pain. It's going to cause heartache. It's going to cause strife. Not just in your kids' lives, but in your spouse's life, in your own life. The ripple effect is monumental. Trust me, I've seen this way too many times. I've seen it. One day, parents wake up and they say, What happened to my family? Why is everything falling, around, falling apart around me? I'll say this, and I mean this in the most loving way that I can impart this wisdom to you today. It starts with you. It starts with you. Where are you in your personal walk with God? Again, you can't impart wisdom if you're not seeking it yourself. It's crucial that we learn as much wisdom as we can as children, isn't it? The question is, what is the wisdom that you're spending your time on that you're imparting to them? How much time are you spending on other things? Is it all about sports? Is it about clothing? Is it about cars? Is it about hairstyles? What is it? Or is it about God? I'm not saying that imparting wisdom in those other areas is a bad thing. I'm not saying that. I'm just simply saying that sometimes these things overpower what is truly important in this life. The more we know about Christ, the more we can tell others, our kids, about Christ. Little piece of advice this morning. 
Gaining wisdom is a lifelong process. There is never a time where you or I can say, got it, I've got it, I know it all. I got all the wisdom I need to know. That will never happen. Don't think that. Turn with me, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 3 through 10. It's a very familiar passage in the book of Proverbs, and it says this. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of your produce, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You see, Solomon learned wisdom from his parents at a very young age, but you notice something as you read through the Proverbs, don't you? He didn't just learn it as a child. He had to retain that knowledge throughout his entire life. That's not an easy task, but it's something we're called to do. Parents, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you're walking with him every day, you have something that is priceless. It's something we should want to impart with our kids. We can show them the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ. Giving, your, your, giving advice to your kids on life isn't enough, Okay? We must teach them God's truth and why our relationship with him is so meaningful. Why am I a follower of Christ? Is it because I grew up in a Christian home and that's just kind of what you do? Is it everybody else in my family loves Jesus so I probably should too? No. It, it, I hope that's not the reason that you're, your family, I'm sorry, I, I hope that's not the reason why you're a believer this morning. Your faith needs to be your own. Okay, You need to be able to share with your kids the reason why you want to follow Christ. Once we can convey that and our kids see that in our lives, then we can convey wisdom about what we've been learning to ourselves with our children. Then and only then will we have something solid and eternal to base their lives upon. Folks, I know Bob will say amen to this. This book has been around a long time. It's not going anywhere. Okay, Isaiah 55, 11 says, so, my word, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me, what? It will not return to me empty or void, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. What we learn from the Bible, that wisdom that we gain from it will, what does it say in Isaiah 55, 11? It won't return to us empty. I'd encourage you to be continually seeking wisdom from the truth, the truth, so you can share it with your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, because you cannot impart true wisdom if you're not gaining wisdom in your own life first. Turn, if you would, to a familiar passage in Proverbs when it comes to the family, and that's Proverbs 22, verse 6. 22 verse 6, a lot of you know it by heart, it's been ingrained in us since we were kids, and it says what? It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he's old, he will not depart from it. 
Now let's be clear about what this proverb says and what it doesn't say. It says we are to train a child in the way he should go. It doesn't say teach and it doesn't say tell. It says train. Training involves more, involves more than just words. Okay? Training means we have to show them the way. All right? I was having coffee with Jeff Hassman this week on Thursday. And I mentioned that I was speaking here today, so we started talking about parenting a little bit. And this verse came up, and he used the analogy as a personal, of a personal trainer. And I love this. He said, if we were to go hire a personal trainer, they would look at me and, well, let me start off. Let me backtrack here. If I was to go hire a personal trainer, they look at me and they'd say, good luck. No, I'm kidding. They probably would, actually. No, in all seriousness, they look at my weight, my caloric intake, and all these different things, right? And they would create this kind of program, wouldn't they, that would base it upon me, right? Um, they would look at me and they would say, okay, what am I doing for exercise? What's, what am I eating, right? You know, what, what kind of things? And they would train and they, they'd show me and help me build this program around me, Right? They train me how to eat better, how to exercise better. But ultimately, it's up to me to take what they have been training me to do it, right? You see, one thing I think parents can sometimes get confused on is that they train each child the exact same. It's fine to take some things and make them universal, but please know God has created each child completely different. They might have some similarities, but each child is completely different. What you do for one child may not be the same what you do for the next. You may have to adjust your, tra- your training with each child, and that's okay. It's to be expected. Children will emulate their parents for better or for worse, depending on what they observe in them. If you have children, you know full well that children will learn more from what you do than what you say. So we can't just tell them what to do or tell them about God We have to show them the way. We have to model our lives like Christ so they see Christ first. For instance, we must actively demonstrate prayer for our children. Simply telling them they can pray to God is insufficient. Is our prayer life more than just a prayer at a meal? Furthermore, we can't just tell our children that reading the Bible is helpful for them. We also need to model that Bible reading for them and assist them in comprehending its meaning. We can't tell children that worship is significant and that they should participate in it without living it out in our own lives. Children need to be able to look at us and see our faith lived out and that it's truly genuine and that it's significant to each and every one of us, as well as how it influences our choices and our actions that we take. Brothers and sisters, don't assume that your kids were going to learn about faith from others. Let them observe and learn it from you. In fact, I want to encourage you this morning to stand up for what's important for you, not to rely on schools or churches or youth groups to raise your kids. They need to hear about and see Christ lived out in their homes first. It's time for you to step up. And I say that in the most loving way, and I'm looking myself in the mirror when I say it. But we need to step up as parents. I'd be remiss if I didn't take a moment to say something to all of you this morning that it may sting a little bit, but it's so vitally important. 
If you are a parent this morning, God has called you to be a parent of your children. It seems real basic, doesn't it? But God has called you to be a parent of your children. He hasn't called you to be their best buddy or friend. He hasn't called you to to be the cool parent. He called you to be a parent. That's got a huge responsibility in and of itself. We have very, very little time to raise our children. It's not the time to be their best buddy. Take that time that God has given you with your children or future children and train them up in the way they should go. We all know if you were to turn on television today, you'd find out very quickly that most shows on television that show any part of a family, they have serious issues, right? Parents are either A, absent, B, portrayed as fools, C, ridiculed by the kids, D, the parents aren't there or they try to be their best kid's best friend. If children look at their parents as fools or the parents allow their children to ridicule them, they've lost all respect that should be given to them. And it starts in the homes. It carries out in the real world after that and that same lack of respect will go on for the rest of their lives in every area of their life. Why do you think we have so many problems in the school systems today? Why do you think we have so many problems in the world today? It starts in the homes. A friend of mine told me a story when he was at a pizza hut several years ago with his family and food started landing on their table. He looked over and he saw a young teenager was over there with his family eating and he was throwing food onto their table. My friend said, would you mind please stop throwing food on our table? And the mom turns around and she says, my kid can do whatever he wants to do. Don't tell my kid what to do. And my friend turned around and he says, well, someday we're the ones that are going to have to deal with them. That parent had a choice. They could have stepped up, apologized for their son's behavior, made him apologize for what he was doing, or ignore the situation and be their son's best friend. Unfortunately, she chose the latter. Being supportive and loving of our children is something that's needed more than ever, but being supportive of their bad behavior is something completely wrong. Our actions are of the utmost importance, believe me, but our words also mean a lot. Mutual love and respect begins in the home and how we speak to one another in our families. How are you speaking to your children today? How are you speaking to them? Is it with love or is it with a harsh tongue? This brings us to our our last area I want to cover today, and that's discipline. As you can imagine, this Pizza Hut boy wasn't being disciplined in their home at all. As a result, his actions were shown publicly for all to witness and everybody to see. And Proverbs covers a lot on verses on discipline. Verse 10, 17 says, Whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. Verses 12, 1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. 13, 24 says, Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Lastly, Proverbs 29, 15 through 17 says, A rod and a reprimand impart wisdom, but a child left undisciplined disgraces his mother. When the wicked thrive, so does sin, but the righteous will see their downfall. Discipline your children, and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. Let me tell you, folks, there is nothing harder than disciplining your child, okay? 
Again, remember I said earlier, every child is different. You might have that one kid where you just look at him and they're like, whoa, I'm in trouble. Right? You might have the other kid you look at and you have to keep looking at him and looking at him and looking at him and they still aren't getting it. But just know, however, as verse 13, 24 says, the one who loves their children is careful to discipline, discipline them. Never, ever discipline your child in anger. Never. Be sure that you're not acting out of rage. We grew up giving our kids spankings, and Karen and I have talked about how we were going to discipline our kids before we had kids. I'd encourage you to do the same. We had to determine what method or methods we're going to use and how, what you're doing. And let me tell you, folks, everybody has their own way of discipline. I'm not here to tell you what's right, what's wrong. Okay, that's between you and God. But you have to be on the same page with your spouse about how you discipline your kids. Because if you're not, your kids are going to use that against you in a mighty way. They will figure out a way. And please don't be the mom that says, wait till your dad gets home. Don't be that person, please. Because us dads don't need to be the bad guy every time. And plus, you're putting the discipline off when it needs to be handled right then and there. Karen shared a story with me the other day that I had forgotten about. I traveled a lot for business growing up, you know, when we first got married and our kids were very young. And... Um, so she had to deal with a lot of discipline issues when I was gone. And one day she had the kids over at the Fairway grocery store over in Waterloo. And uh, they had those buggy cars, those red buggy cars. And they were where they pushed the cart, but the kids could get inside of it. And uh, back then they had one steering wheel and the kids got in and, well, they started fighting who over, who's going to get the steering wheel, who's going to drive. And Karen said, you keep this up. I'm leaving the store, we're going home, and you're never riding in that buggy ever again. And five minutes later, they start acting up. Karen leaves the store with the kids, leaves everything in the cart, and leaves. A couple weeks later, it goes back to Fairway. Kids are like, oh, Mom, can we have the buggy? No. I told you, if you acted up here, we're not doing that again. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, all the apologies come out, right? But they didn't think she'd go through with it. But she did. She stuck to her guns. It wasn't a count to three, and it's one, two, two and a quarter, two and a half, two and three quarters, two and seven eighths. No, it was a, here's what it is, right? She did it. It's not easy to do that, but the kids have to understand the consequences of their actions. <clears throat> now if you go into fairway they got two steering wheels go figure <laughs> please know I'm not here to tell you again how to discipline your children right but I am here to say that you do need to discipline them okay you need to discipline them how you do that is between you and God you cannot read God's word and you cannot see that he doesn't want parents to find ways to correct the bad behavior in their children it says it over and over and over and over and over again God's given us order in our homes, and kids must learn what's right and what's wrong. That's part of the problem with our society today. No one wants to take responsibility for his or her actions. They want to blame everybody else. In closing, I just want to say this. Please read through the Proverbs as there are so much here to take in. The family life has covered a lot more and a lot more verses that we didn't cover today, but the wisdom that we can gain as parents and as children is monumental. It's huge. There's so much we can unpack to be better fathers, better husbands, better wives, better, better children in here. It's our job as parents to live a life that's pleasing to God and that 
how we live impacts those around us, especially those closest to us, like our spouses and our kids. And like I mentioned earlier, listen to God. Let him speak to you and show you how you can live a life that's faithful and is God-honoring and a life that those around you would want to emulate as well, that they could see Christ first. I also just encourage you to be praying for your brothers and sisters in Christ as they raise children in a manner that's pleasing to the Lord. Young or old, we all could use prayer. Take the time to be still. Listen to God and let him impart his wisdom upon you today. Let's just close in prayer. Lord, we uh, just come before you today. We thank you for this time that we can be in your word. Lord, we just thank you for this textbook on what wisdom and how to acquire it is all about that Solomon's imparted here, but it's in your word, Lord, and we just ask, Lord, that we would apply it to our lives first so we can part it on others. Lord, we thank you that we know in James it says if anyone lacks wisdom that we could call upon you and you'd give it to us generously. And we pray for that today, Lord, that we would fall to our knees and ask you for wisdom as it relates to our families today or future families today. Thank you for our chapel family here today, Lord. I just thank you for each one. I pray that you would just um, be with us as we go apart our separate ways today. Lord, we are truly blessed and we're so thankful for all you do for us. We thank you for this time in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.